to office hours where we want to teach you what they don't teach you in the classrooms about creating one-to-one -one personal experiences for your prospects and customers. On today's episode, I want to keep going on this thread about content and where content fits in building one-to-one -one interaction. So who better than to have Jessica come join me from the team over at Movable Inc. Jessica, welcome to Office Hours. Thanks so much. For Hi, I'm Kay. Thanks for having me. So I want to like, first and foremost, just jump right into a time machine, right? I want to go all the way back to like 2009, you know, 2010, when personalization first really jumped out into the scene for marketers. Going back to that era, like, what do you remember of personalization back in 2009, 2010? You know, it's funny. My first marketing jobs were before that, and we really didn't have any sort of marketing automation, email marketing tools. Uh, probably as sophisticated as we got was a mail merge in Outlook. Uh, so starting in 2009, 2010, uh, Movable Inc. really hit the scene from the email perspective and invented this concept of open time personalization. That was one of the first ways that you could personalize your digital channels based on if you opened up an email on a computer in Boston or on your phone in New York. Um, so that was kind of, I think, one of the exciting and early ways that consumers started to see that brands could at least target the experience a little bit to them. Wow. So back in 2009, 2010, I, were you part of the team at Movable Inc or were you a marketer hoping to aspire to use more personalized content? So it's funny, I actually was pitched Movable Inks, I think starting in 2011 and 2012 at another company, uh, thought it was really cool, aspired to, you know, get that technology one day and join the team at the beginning of 2015. Wow. So 2015, we're now here in 2021. And you're now the VP of marketing at Movable Inc. Like what has that journey looked like for you? So it's been a really exciting opportunity and journey. Um, have loved working with the team. Grew from about 75 people to over 300 um, and really got to see the evolution of our product uh, and also the ways that we work with different types of customers. What I love about Movable is that every customer uses it in their own way to make sure that it maps to their strategy, their brand and what they're trying to achieve. Um, so I've really just been able to see a tremendous evolution in what's happening in kind of the industry overall and then with our product. That's so cool. I mean, you're right there at the corner, the center fulcrum point of trying to drive better interactions through content with prospects and marketers and sellers. And when I think of personalized and I go back to my own days when I was in the 20, 2010 thinking about it blew my mind that I could add in a snippet and it would say like first name, and last name. And like that back then, like stupid MK of 10 years ago was like, oh, this is the best it's ever going to get for marketers. They know and my now, name. Yeah, you, they know my name. This is insane. But now that's table stakes. Like you can't not get, like anytime I get an email that doesn't have that snippet with my personal information on it, like I'm like, okay, automated, done, cancel. Um, but are you seeing the same thing on your end as well too, where like the token is what started it all and now there's so much more opportunity for us? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, for both of us, you know, and customers in general, expectations go up every time you have a great digital experience. So uh, I shared a quote, Brendan Witcher from Forrester said at our conference, your competition isn't who you compete with uh, for sales. It's every single 
customers interaction that your customers have. They have a great digital experience that raises the bar for you. Um, so I think from the personalization perspective, uh, marketers need to know that their customers are at a point that if they get something, it doesn't feel relevant to them, like they're going to tune out or they might actually, you know, change their brand affiliate, uh, their brand loyalties based on, you know, not having a good solid experience. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like it's not, I love that, that quote, right? It's not your competitors, right? It's every, it's TikTok. It's those kids that live in a house in the middle of LA who are creating just like crazy bingeable content on TikTok that are vying for your eyeballs of your audiences. And so I'm a terrible host because I didn't also say what Movable Inc. does. So could you give us a rundown of how Movable Inc. is helping to empower marketers to get those eyeballs and to stop getting the, letting the competition of all sorts vie for the eyeballs and time and energy of your consumers? Yeah, and exactly as you said. So we live in a time that attention is scarce and it's an incredibly important resource that your customers can give to you. So Movable Inc. started off as an email personalization tool where you could personalize at the moment of open um, based on brand context, like how much inventory you have or the customer's context. Since then, we've really turned into a tool that allow marketers across a number of different direct channels to create one-to-one -one truly personalized experiences based on proprietary data, based on their context, based on things like loyalty status, so that every single touch point that they're getting from a brand is relevant and specific to them. Wow. And one of the, like, when you say touch point, every single touch point, that's a lot in this day and age. I mean, our team alone is managing like five, six different social channels, let alone our, you know, email automation channels, let alone our BDR outbound prospecting emails, let alone, like the list just goes on and on, but every single one, you can truly get one-to-one -one with the information you have through your platform. Yeah, any, actually any uh, channel that can leverage HTML, you can use Movable Link to do, to create personalized content. So as of right now, you know, email is still a heavily focused channel for us. Uh, mobile app and push notifications are one that's really emerging as a hot channel, but we've continued to kind of push into, you know, we want to be where anywhere that a pixel is served to a consumer, like aspirationally, we want to make sure that that's a personalized touch point. Wow. So with access to so many different, like very pivotal moments throughout the customer journey, where does a marketer start? Like, how do they take each one of these? Because I assume not every touch point along the customer journey is going to look the same. It's going to feel mm -hmm. the same or the desired outcome is going to be the same. If a marketer wants to go in and start thinking about personalizing their content and then even going a step further to get it personal, where should they start? Like, how do you even think about deconstructing this? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of tools and many of that are our partners that think about like mapping out the journey and the orchestration and customer service. Um, for us, where we really guide our clients is thinking about what's your strategy overall? What are you trying to do? Drive revenue, drive eyeballs, um, launch a loyalty program? And then what are the pieces of content that your customer is going to experience? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we, I'm sure, manage, both are managing large tech stacks. These consumer brands that we work with manage, you know, I think average e-marketer said was 17 different tools. So they have an abundance of data available to them on who their customers are and what they're doing, but your customers aren't experiencing that. Like they don't know all of the, the cogs in the machine, all they know. And all we know when we get one of these touch points is what's the content that I got and was it relevant to me? 
Um, so I think that to really try to break it apart for marketers and to not feel overwhelmed, it's kind of like, what are, let's look at that content and how can we make sure that, you know, let's look at all of the data that we have, but how can I make sure that this email, which is telling MK about a vacation uh, opportunity in Hawaii is really targeted with, you know, your past behavior and your browse history and kind of all of those things to bring it together to make sure that in the 30 seconds or less that you're going to skim that communication, that it really grabs your attention with something that's targeted to your interests. That's super interesting. So it's, it's almost as if like step one is like um, data and context, right? It's to get all that information into a centralized spot where you can understand and make sense of what people may want at any given point in time and use mm -hmm. that data as your center or axle, if you will, to be able mm -hmm. to then inform your content personalization. Yeah, we like to think of ourselves as connective tissue. So we aren't ingesting or, you know, we're not holding, seeing basically your first party data, but we are bringing together your CRM data. Um, we have dozens of integrations in our exchange with that are different industry specific providers, things like airline pricing or loyalty points, or um, we work with Pegasystems, which is that next best action. So we're really bringing together as you know the layer that is going to turn that into an experience that doesn't break down the seams. Wow. So as they say in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. This is very powerful. Um, and as a consumer, I can't say that any one company is like really crushing this. Like they're getting closer and better every time. But like, what, what does success look like in this for a marketer who wants to take their content from just being content to personalized content? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that success, I'm going to, to cite, because uh, I think this was shared pretty widely on social, the Twitch year in review, uh, which people, you know, that was trending, I think, number one on Twitter the day that it went out. Um, that was built with Movable Inc. And so that was something that people really felt like this company gets me and, and you know, they wanted to share, they wanted to, Strava is another example, like we see a lot of these great year in review, um, the original Spotify year in review, uh, where people just feel like, their, their data is being used for something fun and it's being used for something that can help make their experience better the next time they log back in. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of different success KPIs that you have from your C-suite leadership, but it's also from the customers getting really excited, um, wanting to share, feeling like, like they're understood by a brand. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right in that last point, right? That they're understood. Like not only are, are consumers craving a more authentic, a more real experience, they also want to make sure that that experience speaks to who they are as a person, that they feel seen in this like world of tons of noise and interruption. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that your platform also helps to take this like one to many way of thinking about content to drill it down to one to few. And you're even taking that step further to get one-to-one -one and allow and empower folks to say, oh yeah, that's like nobody else but me. Like this was clearly meant mm -hmm. for me. And yes, I'm long overdue for a vacation in Hawaii. So that's <laughs> very, that's what I very, thought. very likely going to be targeted by ads for a Hawaii vacation. Just from us time. talking about this. <laughs> um, but as you think about marketers who are really struggling, like account-based marketing has gotten us closer, right? With account-based execution, putting us closer to like the one to few type of marketing. 
marketers who are trying to make that jump from the one to few to the one to one, what advice do you have for them to help use content to build that experience that's clearly just meant for one and only? Yeah, I mean, I think from many of the brands that we work with, right, they're not at their, the volume that they're dealing with, um, their one-to-one is always going to be something that's automated through technology. Um, I think that one of the things that I've seen recently by another marketer was just how personas are, don't make sense. Maybe it was Alice's marketing, right? But it's that, you know, everyone is a Is, but can we really create a meaningful interaction that way? So I, I think, you know, priority, prioritization, I'm sure there's more to it, but that's <laughs> where we start. For the record, we may have been the ones that said person over persona. Um, I think somewhere back in the Alice archives, you can see that. But um, what I think is also really interesting too, is like this, this concept of like, you can have a touch and like touches, I'm, I'm a, like, I don't love to be touched, I don't like to be hugged, like, <laughs> work for me all the time on that. But then the, like, you can have a touch and nothing can come of that, right? And then you can have an interaction, which in theory, by the definition of interaction, it's bi-directional, right? Mm -hmm. But then you can take it a step further and you can create that one-to-one moment where like, not only did you use this information really well to present with me really great tailored one-to-one content, like you also evoked emotion in me, but like ideally trust, right? Because we're trading the, the economy of trust these days. And we're also like ideally a, a net positive, like a happy, like a euphoric almost state out of that experience as well too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the what you said about evoking emotion. Um, one of uh, the sales reps that I work with, his name's Jack, uh, he's phenomenal. And he was pitching uh, a ticketing software and actually Photoshopped himself going to a Jonas Brothers concert and sent the picture, like sent the Photoshopped picture along with, you know, some value add content about how we might be able to work together. And so we, he ended up, you know, being able to kick off a conversation that way. So I think the emotion is a really important thing. You can like spew details about the things that you've uncovered about them online, but I think also being able to understand like they're a person and this might lighten their day. And that might be something that, you know, you're able to, to get a conversation going. I think that is such a poignant example um, to be thinking about what you're, what impact you're making on the other person on the receiving end of your marketing. And, and I think it's a really good call to action for marketers who, you know, we're so used to high velocity, high volume automation, get it out the door. Um, and we're not always as thoughtful or intentional to curate that experience that it feels like someone Photoshop spent hours Photoshopping themselves at a Jonas Brothers concert. Like we should all be thinking about making content with that much thoughtfulness. Yeah. And I think it kind of also ties to what you said about not liking to be touched. None, none of us as marketers, we want to think that, okay, I'm just this person's sales target and that's why they're reaching out to me. Um, so I think that that's, you know, part of it too, is under being respectful and understanding like, Hey, maybe I don't want to say, I saw that you have three kids and your dog's name is Boomer. Um, but you can, you know, kind of respecting boundaries. And I think that that's something that marketers can do with a product like ours too, is, 
you know, balance the digital creep of what I do know and then what's going to seem like maybe crossing, crossing a boundary of like, you know, it's unspoken that there's people are tracking this type of information, but kind of what do you action on? It's so interesting. We hear that a lot as well, too. It's like, what's so like personal in and of itself is, is a very evocative term because personal is like, well, it's personal. It's like, that's my, that's my personal information. Um, and yet uh, we often get the question of like, when is it creepy? Like, where is that break point of like value add? You just surprised and delighted me versus you turn me off because you're talking about my three kids yeah. and my dog named Rudy. Like, this is a little too much information. Like, how do marketers balance that line between value add and creepy? You know, I think one of the things is whether it's authentic to your brand. So we worked with a um, home security provider a number of years ago, and their their emails were actually targeted to say like, when you're sleeping at night, your house is protected, and that the kind of changed based on the time of day. But it really worked for them because that that was kind of what their brand was talking about, making you feel safe and secure, and kind of a nod to. Um, I don't know what their product was. So it worked. Um, I've read studies that say that especially younger generations like Gen Z and whatever the new ones are, uh, they're more willing to trade all the way back around now. We gotta be a one of them. Um, but they say that their people are more willing to trade off their personal information if they feel like there's a lot of value provided. And it's they're they're even more willing when it's tied to the service that they're receiving. So if it's customer service from a brand or, you know, any kind of personal things like a doctor's visit, or they're more willing to part for their information if they feel like it's going to deliver that value. Um, but I think that it's also just being conscious of who you're speaking to and how comfortable they might be with knowing that, they, that you have that information. You know, it's so interesting that you also bring up that point about like comfortability and the responsibility that comes into play when you are giving someone your information, you're almost like the more information you're asking for, the more you're expected to deliver a mm -hmm. really exceptional experience end to end um that calls to mind to me like amazon like our our amazon is the backbone of this it's like the third member of our family in our tiny little household like with amazon has so much information about who we are as people but they never misuse it in a way that that um makes my life feel interrupted or disrupted. Mm -hmm. they always try to find value add ways to enhance my day-to-day -day because of the information they're gathering about myself and my fiance. Yeah. And I think that they are definitely obviously an example of they've developed so many solutions and figured out ways that, you know, it's, it's utilitarian and not um, kind of in your face and over the top about kind of what they have access to. I, I love it. I love it all. Okay. So going to try to recap all the things that we talked about <laughs> to make sure I learned something new about personal experience. And the first and most important thing that we ended our conversation on today is about trust. What you do to still gain and uh, maintain the trust in the audience that you are curating personalized content and personal content for will make or break your ability to um, use movable ink effectively and use personalization effectively. So that's number one. Do yeah, absolutely. With good power comes great, with power comes great responsibility, of course. Two is understanding how um, the timing is very important in the customer lifecycle. 
um, and how that timing can impact, again, make or break the creepy vibes or <laughs> the good vibes. Um, and then third is also making sure your data is a really, like that's gotta be squeaky clean because again, weaving through the last two points, if your data is sending you off in one direction, you will present some information and or content that is completely interruptive, not value add, or worse, like just like not at all registering on someone's emotional scale. You're just like nothing. You're just yeah. like massive content that they ingested. Um, so those three things when combined can take stale static content and turn it into personalized content that is truly one to few or one to one. Yeah, absolutely. I and I think, no, I think that was great. And, you know, at, at risk of uh, this being a shameless plug, I will say we work with over 700 brands and they work with us because they understand those principles and really want to lead on a great foot with their customers and make sure that, you know, they're delivering that value add, they're maximizing the information that they have to, you know, deliver that um, meaningful interaction and experience. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for your time. If people want to learn more about you as the VP of marketing at Movable Inc., where can they get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm sure I'm happy for you to share my LinkedIn with this episode. Um, and um, my information is on the Movable Inc. site as well. Excellent. And then if people want to get to Movable Inc., is it movableinc.com? Yes, it is. Uh, it's M-O-V-A-B-L-E. Uh, I'll just call that out because we do get a lot of misspellings uh, with M-O-V-E. So that's the easiest way to find it. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, have a great rest of your day. And thank you so much again for joining me on Office Yeah, Office. thanks for having me.